Welcome back, everybody, to Best Hour of Their Day, Fern. Last week, we put out our mastermind group, and to say it was warmly welcomed by the CrossFit community would be an understatement. I think we need to rename it, though, because I don't know that we're masters of anything, and both of us are feeble-minded men, so... <laughs> <laughs> average, you know, it's kind of like when average, I, it's an average mind group. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, uh, when people are like, Hey, you know, I want to watch your workout. I want to, you want to watch uh, an old man move moderately <laughs> slow? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Hop on in. Join wanna, me. Yeah. If you want to see constantly varied functional movements executed at <laughs> intensity, that's me. That's <laughs> I'm all over it. So it's been a great success. By the time this episode's out, the people that we're working with are crushing it. And uh, we appreciate everybody that hopped on board the beta launch. And we'll have more information coming soon for future endeavors. We've got some big, we don't want to give too much away. <clears throat> We're fly by the seat of our pants kind of organization here at best hour of their day. <laughs> <laughs> when Jay wears pants. Are we an organization now? Uh, we are two people. I don't know if that constitutes an organization or not. I'll tell you what, I mean, you and I talk daily multiple times and what i love about this to be sincere is it's very much the crossfit mindset you know i, I i've from the day i found crossfit it was always hey this this stuff is free mm -hmm. and i'm gonna do the same i want to give back i want to put as much out there and like coach glassman said back then hey if you put good stuff out there <laughs> and you make it fun and you make it entertaining people will follow and it and it's you know it's been proven for both of us and our affiliates it's been proving in some other endeavors and now for this and it's i think it just goes to show like hey if you put your mind to anything in this world you can accomplish it yes and no i was I, gonna say did i just blow your mind or are you about to no I'm about, I'm, I'm, and I'm about to i'm about to to counter your I, I i think yeah you can you can i think you can chase anything but i do i do think there's a lot of validity towards finding your your unique super skill and trying to push all of your effort towards that like that's that's definitely something i've i've disagreed with for years and years and years i'm like ah be good at everything be good at everything and i do think you need to be competent at most things but i think once you've figured out what your thing is then you just do your thing yeah i i, I wholly agree with that but that being said, I think far too many people, and this is just me observing, and this is probably just me, try to find their thing too soon without trying to do, without trying, like for the for lack of better terms, because I can't think of anything better to say than uh, Gary Vee says, taste more things. So like taste more things before you figure out what your thing is. So. Well, I agree with that. And I also, you know, to go back to my statement, it's also too many people want that to happen overnight. You know, while we, we put out best hour of our day, you know, three, just over three months ago, let's not forget, I coached my first CrossFit class in August of 2007, and I trained my first person sometime in 1993. You know, so it's like, this is like, what do they say? Like the overnight success, 10 years in the making, this is 25 years. Well, and that, and that does ignore that, like even <clears throat> whatever you measure success by, I, I really kind of try to stay away from that word because it depends on how you define it, but it, it, it ignores all of the bumps along the road, you know? So for instance, so Jess was, I don't even know if I told you this, but I, I kind of decided recently that 
even if it's just for me and it never sees the light of day, I'm going to write a book and it's going to be called 10 years in a box. And, but there's a play on words there. So I'm basically what I'm going to try to do is package up 10 years of experience in an affiliate. Um, and then give it to people in written format. But one of the chapters in there is, I've already decided it's gonna be the 10th year was the hardest because this is my 10th year as an affiliate and it has been without a doubt the hardest uh, year I've had for a lot of different reasons. You know, Not for the reasons that we have when we started just because we try to do more things, when you try to, when you try to stretch yourself and try to do things, like it creates different problems. So. You know, like I'm, I'm going to talk about all that in the book and I'm going to talk about like everything that I did wrong and the things that it, we think we got right. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, there is no such thing as an overnight. There's one hit wonders. I don't know if it's overnight, but yeah, there, I think more time, more time and attention should be paid to, to the path to get there, like in, in what that entailed. Absolutely. There are some overnight success. Have you seen that bagel boss dude all over the internet? No. Oh, Google that when you're done. Some little bagel guy. Boss? He's like 4'11", and he has a meltdown at a bagel shop. And it got <laughs> me. Oh, no. I, don't, I mean, I don't know that we're going to call that guy successful by any metric other than <laughs> he, like, you know, a lot of people shared it on Instagram. But, yeah, I do know what you're talking about. Right, but that's exactly my point. It's like, what is success? To me, success is whenever someone listens to one of our episodes and either shares it, shoots me something that they took from it, uh, tag somebody in it. To me, that's success when it comes to this. And, you know, great segue from Bagel Boss to energy because, you know, we try to answer a, a question before diving into our topic. And the question that I pose to you is, how do you bring energy when you don't seem to have any to a class? What are some tips and tricks Fern does? And then I'll give you a couple of mine. But, you know, you got to coach. Sometimes it's 5 a.m., sometimes it's 6 p.m. You're drained. How do you kind of manufacture energy? So one, one of the very basic ways, and, and I hope this makes sense, is you just have to be consistent. You have to be consistent about how you do things. So if, if, the, if the level of, how, what are we going to call this? Is If the level of coaching that you provide varies solely based on your emotion, then, then you're in a lot of trouble. So be as consistent as you can about how you give the whiteboard brief, how you do your warmups or how you, you know, structure your warmups and how you teach movements and how you give cues. It doesn't mean they have to be, you can only do one thing and you only have one flavor, but there should be consistency. And you know, thing, one of the things that I've always tried to to do myself and then express to the coaching staff that I have is that nobody should know if you're having a bad day. If your mom died, if your dog died, if your girlfriend broke up with you, nobody should know but you. Uh, and it shouldn't be you just acting. It should just be get to the point where I get on uh, stage, if you will. And this is what I do. Like, this is what I do for a living. And I just do that. And I can, I can push whatever's I've got going on off to the side for 60 minutes and just do my thing because eventually you want to get to the point where you know coaching is realistically the easiest part of your day and that takes a lot of reps and it takes a lot of consistency in how you do things and how you lay things out and how you say things so that emotion doesn't get in the way and i know it sounds like what i'm suggesting is be robotic but i'm not i'm just suggesting be very consistent no i think that's valid because 
You know, if, if it's like anything in life, if you let your emotions run you, you're going to have some classes where energy is through the roof, but you're also going to have a lot of classes where your energy is down in the dumps. So being consistent is key. But let, let, let's take it a step deeper. Do you have any specific tips? All right, you're tired. You know, the two kids were up all night. You didn't get enough sleep and you're in there at 6 a.m. Is there anything, you know, is it a strong cup of coffee? Is it a pre-workout shake? Is it, you know, running a quick mile? What, is there anything Fern does? Uh, well... No, not really, but I will tell you a story. So for the longest time when we first started our affiliate, our, our early morning class, which is our 6 a.m. class, was very poorly attended. And I finally came to the conclusion uh, that that was my fault. So <clears throat> I am not what I would consider a morning person. If morning was a person, I would punch said person in the face. You're like Grumpy Cat. A little bit. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's who I've, you, your spirit animal is Grumpy Cat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. Although I'm not, although I'm not grumpy. No, like, you're not. Your facial expression is grumpy. Yeah, yeah, you know, I definitely have a resting dick face most of the time. Um, and the issue was like, it was me. Like my attitude was garbage when I showed up for the 6 a.m. So not shockingly, nobody wanted to be there. And, you know, so I wouldn't say that I did anything. I, you know, I just got over it. Like, maybe you are tired. Uh, maybe something, maybe your dog did die, uh, but this is going to sound super harsh and maybe that's just who I am. Your clients, while they care, they don't care. You're there to give them the best hour of their day. Like that's your job. That's what you signed up for. And if it's so bad, then you need to find a fill in to coach that class. But at the end of the day, that's your job. That's your responsibility. That's your duty to show up and perform. So you need to show up and perform regardless of how you feel. Um, and, and, and here's the real takeaway of that. That is the true sign, in my opinion, of a professional. Yeah, regardless of what you do, you have to be able to show up no matter what. I'm gonna throw out a little bit of a tip, something I'm personally- Yeah, I feel like I gave a bad answer. I feel like that was not you know, tangible or actionable. You know, no, so. it is actionable because I think if you're listening, it's like, it, it's, it's real. Like not every day is gonna be easy to show up and coach. Like, you're going to have shitty days. And I think you nailed it. Your, your members love you. Your members care about you, but they're also paying $150 a month. You know, obviously you're, you're throwing out extreme examples of people dying, but you know, you stubbed your toe on your way in, suck it up and, and coach a solid class. I'm yeah. going to give you one thing that I've been trying to do um, outside of coaching, but I'll, I, I use it really for working out. So I, you know, I try to listen to a lot of books and a lot of podcasts and I get distracted. I'm in the car. And, and one thing I've tried to focus on is what I would refer to as like a trigger or getting into state. You know, Tony Robbins yeah. puts it as, he calls it state. So, you know, you're going you're gonna to coach a class. You're going to go to workout. Kind of drop everything. Put on a song that fires you up. Mm -hmm. so I've been listening to Lose Yourself by Eminem <laughs> on my drive to Mama Spaghetti on my drives to the box before I work out. But when I go to coach, I'll put on something a little more mellow, but still like a lot, like I love Dave Matthews. So I'll yep. put on some Dave Matthews that gets me upbeat, but not in this kind of manic way. It's kind yep. of like just a little tip and trick and, and, you know, and, and use that for whatever you want. Be it, you have a workout song. Hey, maybe you have a, a chill song. So when you come home, you're like more loving to your partner. Yeah. But you know, something to consider, but you know, you mentioned in there you, you made a mistake in, in the past of your box ownership, the 6 a.m. class, and 
And that's what we're going to dive into in today's podcast. I, I, I was thinking about it as we were talking. We're not going to just rattle off mistakes that we've made because we've both made way too many, but maybe we can talk about like our, our top two or three each, go a little back and forth, see if we both made them, um, which I'm sure we've done. Um, I'll, I'll kick it off just because I know what I'm going to say. So if okay. we're talking about mistakes we've made as a box owner, as a coach, you know, as a, as a, as a CrossFit coach out there, the, I think the biggest mistake I made as a box owner was allowing people to do their own shit, their own programming in my box. What do you think about that? That, no, I think that can be a huge mistake. No, I, I literally think it was my biggest mistake. And I'll tell you why it was bigger than just a divide in the community. It drained me emotionally. It, it was just so frustrating for me to see people that I felt like we're not doing what we've asked for them to do because they weren't going to class to see the, the looks people would get like, Oh, they're doing their own thing. It would, it actually made it not fun for me to show up anymore. And it was certainly a big reason of why I sold my boxes. Like, you know, there were, there were other circumstances and it was a great decision to sell my boxes. But at that point in time, I was just like, man, this isn't as fun as it once was when I had a community of, like-minded individuals doing the same thing and obviously you talk we talk about it numerous times in past episodes our strength and metcon episode in particular but i think that was probably my biggest mistake in box ownership i could see i mean you know my counter to that is like if that's the biggest mistake you made then you're doing pretty well um I, I think one of mine, I don't know where my top, I, I have to sit on that for a little bit to find like, what's the biggest mistake I ever made. <clears throat> and, and I, and I, here's what's interesting is I would be very curious to have this same episode in a year from now. Cause I'm, I have a sneaking suspicion that my answer might change. But um, one of the biggest mistakes that I made was starting to outsource tasks within the gym before I had become competent at them. So think accounting, um, any sort of admin things within the gym, whether it's like somebody who manages your mind body online or your Zen planner or your Wattify or whatever it is that you use or, um, social media, uh, or any of that stuff. Uh, cause I read E-Myth, um, revisited. Uh, that's my favorite business book. If you're listening Go, you know, pause this, go on Amazon, E-Myth Revisited. Um, I'll pick up the author while you keep talking. Yeah, it's not Gerber, something like that. I was um, going to say Gerber, actually. I think it might be, actually. Um, Michael, Gerber. Anyway. Michael Gerber. Michael yeah, Gerber. Okay, I was right, yeah, yeah. So books on Amazon. Yep, so go read it. Um, however, there are some things in there that I, and I'd be curious, because I think he's written multiple iterations of that book, but there was, th I read it, and you know, the premise is, you know, work on your business, not in your business. So I would, so I just went, you know, as I do, which is, that's just who I am. You know, I went full send on everything and I just got rid of everything. I was like, I'll pay somebody to do like all the things regardless of what it is. And then that blew up in my face. And then I read Michael McCallowitz's book profit first. And he outlined it a little bit more that there's a, in many instances, there's a math equation for which, you would start handing those tasks off. So A, you have to figure out if you can afford to hand it off, right? Is, is it worth your time and effort to do it or have somebody else do it? Um, 
And, but probably more importantly that in the math equation is I was giving away these functions within the gym that I didn't fully understand. So I wasn't able to check or verify, or, you know, sometimes in the military, they use the phrase trust, but verify. So I can't trust, but verify a task or something if I don't fully understand it. I want to ask you more about that. But as you were saying that, I think if you were going to give out the top three business books to a box owner, I would probably put those two in there, E-Myth and Profit First. Do you have a third that you'd recommend? Um, E-Myth. Let me look at this shelf real quick. E-Myth. I might go Essentialism. Essentialism is, is good. Um, or building a, a, a Building a story brand. brand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, I would probably throw, oh man, I would probably, because just to get like a good, uh, flavor in there. So if we were going to go by, you know, going back to our different episodes where we talk about like the different modalities in the gym, if we were going to go weightlifting, gymnastics, monostructural, and then switch that and go sales service uh, systems, then um, profit first would be kind of would fall on your systems. Uh, the service would be maybe like, uh, good to great, maybe or built to last. Yeah. What would probably be in there. And then I would probably have to throw Gary V's jab, 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 right hook in there for the, for the sales portion of that, because I think that is an invaluable tool and, and it, it, uh, knowing that it is almost immediately outdated because of the speed with which social media churns. However, it's basically a picture, a picture book that you can read as a grown adult and it, you will look and evaluate social media differently when you do it, right? So all of that to say, uh, I was not competent in any one of those things, so I wasn't aware, I couldn't evaluate if the person that I was giving it to was doing an adequate job or not. And that is something that I've made the mistake repeatedly over the course of the years, and I think I've learned that lesson now, but I still question myself on it regularly, is that, you know, you do need to give those tasks away, but you do, and you do need to give them away because they might not fall within your core function or your super skill, right? So you're like, get rid of it. However, it doesn't mean that you can just punt the whole thing completely. Like you need to be able to, I'm not saying you should do your, your profit and loss statement, or your balance sheet, but you should sure should be able to read one. I'm not saying you should do your social media, but you should really understand how social media works and what a good post is and what a good post is not and understand like where you're targeting Facebook ads. You know, you should not necessarily be the guy developing or gal developing your coach development course, but you should understand like what is and what is not effective. So that's a huge mistake I've made in the past was I'm going to be this, you know, this executive and I'm going to manage things, not really knowing what the hell I was doing. So, yeah, I, I think actually my other, not my other mistake, but one of many would have been in vain with what you're saying. You know, at one point I heard something from Ben Bergeron or maybe Chris Cooper, and it was kind of like, you should be able to remove yourself from the business. And I took that to the extreme. I mean, there was a point in time I owned three boxes and I didn't show up in any of them. Like I didn't have to. And I think in my mind, that was, you know, talking about success, I'm successful. I have these three things that are running and pulling money from them, a lot of money, and I don't even have to be there. But in retrospect, I would have stayed in, at least been, I took it to the extreme rather than being like, I could still be an active participant in how this business runs versus I'm out. 
And would they have been better had you been there? Spent minimal time there? A hundred percent. I mean, forget about the fact that I was still the best coach there. I mean, I, you know, so the coaching immediately went down because I was no longer on the schedule. And then I also wasn't helping my coaches develop. But just the, here's the deal. As a box owner, no one will ever care as much as you do. I don't care who you have, how much you're paying them. They will not care as much as you do. Do you agree or disagree with that? No, I agree. But I think, uh, I think what's far more important is to, to unwrap that statement a little bit more is they shouldn't. Right. So, me, meaning like that, like it's unreasonable to think that my employees are going to care about my business more than me. And that's why I think some people really blow this is that, well, they should just care. I'm like, why? He works for $20 an hour, three times a week. Why in God's name should he care as much as you, the owner who pulls whatever money you pull from the business, like regardless of what it is, like that is just an ignorant statement. Like it's a, absolutely not care as much as you. And for you to think that is a massive, and by the way, I'm guilty of this, right? So I'm not just pointing fingers. Same. I'm guilty of this. So no, they should not care as much as you. Like that's ridiculous. That's like saying that like when you, like people come stay at your house, they should also cut the grass because they should care as much as you do about your own lawn. Like that's Yeah. Crazy. I'm going to fuck up your toilet and I'm not going to clean it. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Jay has a weak weak stomach, everybody. If he eats a little bit of, if he has a little bit of cream in his coffee, he's going to be in the bathroom all morning. (laughs) You know, and and I made that same mistake and I would get mad at my coaches. And in retrospect, it's like, man, when I was a busboy or a waiter, I didn't give a shit about the restaurant. Like I worked hard to get tips, but I wasn't, you know, oh, you know, I'm going to help make this pasta better. So certainly a mistake is thinking your coaches are going to care and they shouldn't. And that's up to you. And, and part of it is if I remove myself from the equation, it shows that I'm not caring. Yep. Did you have another mistake? Oh, I got loads. Um, you know, let's go two or three more each. I think uh, one of the other things that I made a pretty big mistake with was um, – I left a couple people in place too long. Like I should have fired. I should have been, I've kind of switched my mindset on this in recent years where I, you know, everybody puts all this emphasis on hiring to be like, you know, you got to hire the right people. Um, and I just, I mean like you can get pretty good at it, but you're still going to miss. You're still, the people are still going to slip through the cracks. They're going to interview well, they're going to put on a show and then they're going to take a huge dump on the middle of the floor and there's no way for you to pick up on that. Um, so in those instances, I would tell you, you know, be far less, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, but married to attached. No. Well, yes and no. Like you, you want to be invested in your team, but by put less emphasis on hiring and put more emphasis on like firing, like, you know, like, I look, I think back at like, like in, in the military, all of these other things, rarely did this one person come in and, and fix whatever the problem was more often than not. Here's a scenario that like people talk about way more times is we took Joe out of the equation and everything got significantly better. Right. So it's not that this one person is going to fix everything, but things do get significantly better if I remove somebody who is a cancer to the rest of the group. Yeah, what do they call that? Like addition by subtraction. 
Yeah, exactly. So think about that. And most of the time I did it because I, you know, this is a kind of a compounding mistake, but like I was afraid of the short term pain, which is going to be like, I'm going to have to do more work because I'm comfortable now at what I'm doing. So get rid of them. Like it's your business. Like you, like if you're, if it's yours, you should be prepared to do work at any time, you know? Yeah. And you wouldn't want someone there that you don't like or respect. And sometimes we, I had plenty of coaches, you know, I can think back, I don't want to drop any names, but a morning guy that I kept on simply because he was the morning guy and I didn't want to get up at 5 a.m. Well, it was frustrating. He was a shitty coach. There were days he didn't show up and it was like, I should have just fired him. How about more specifically now to, to coaching? So let me, I'll give you probably the biggest mistake I made was I came back from my level two. You know, we, we, we talked about that uh, last week. I passed. And I just kind of rested on my laurels of Nicole Carroll tells me people love being around me. And I took that to the extreme. And if you looked at the six criteria, my presence and attitude was probably 80%. You know, my group management was 15. My demo was two, you know, and teaching, seeing, correcting were 1% each. Your demo still two. <laughs> I'll tell you what. In 10 years, you have not increased 1% on your demonstration. I work, if you're listening to this, I work hard on my demo. When I got hired on staff, I mean, I know which, a lot of people. Which makes it even more impressive that you work that hard and have yet to improve it. <laughs> I know people see me and they're like, that dude's so athletic and that dude is so fit. Don't let the six pack fool you. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a good athlete. And it, well, they're talking about me when they say that because I'm standing next to you. <laughs> I still work hard on my demo. And I love when someone sees me and they're like, you demo, you move so well. I'm like, man, thank you. But, you know, I was just like, I'm the fun guy. Albany CrossFit was a blast. But I didn't give a shit about teaching, seeing, and correcting. And, and, and I don't say that lightly. Like, it just wasn't important. Like, hey, guys, come on in. Let's have a good time. We're going to snatch. Let's go. And... I'll tell you where it really hurt was it was when I tried to get on staff. You know, I, I had to work really hard. You know, it's in the book coming out, but I worked really hard to get on staff. And it was every single time, Jay, people love you. Jay, you know, you, you'd be a great fit for staff. You know, Jay, your energy is through the roof, but you can, you're not seeing things. Yeah. What about you as far as coaching goes? Mine was... And, you know, this is probably the, you know, falls in the bucket of the novice's curse, but thinking that was, there was only one way to do anything, you know, what, when I learned something, this is the way, this is the way we're going to do it. This is the way that everybody should do it. And not understanding, you know, things like, you know, adjusted squat stances, toes out versus straight feet, low bar versus high bar, you know, like different stances within the deadlift as far as like, whether it's powerlifting, is it sumo, is it conventional or, or is it a weightlifter, like all that stuff and just being really rigid and not being more open to like, there's a lot of ways to do a lot of things. And my job as the coach is to soak up as much of that knowledge as I possibly can so that I can apply that knowledge where appropriate. Some people are never going to high bar back squat. That's a real scenario. And, and you can talk to me all day about like, well, we need to really do that because it's going to carry over to the Olympic lifts. I'm like, yes, I would agree. However, this person's anthropometrics and their injuries will not allow that. 
So they're going to low bar back squat because what's important is that we squat. So is that like an example you would use? Like you were so married to the high bar versus low bar that even if someone couldn't do it well, you'd be like, no, you have to put this up on your shoulders and you have to keep an upright torso. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I was similar in that, especially when it came to nutrition back in the day, you know, people would come in and it was like, I would shove paleo down their throats, you know, regardless of you know, even vegetarians, I'd be like, you're dumb. <laughs> you need to eat meat. You know, meanwhile, now I'm not eating meat. But I think, I think in any aspect of life, you have to be willing to admit there are other ways to accomplish something and that the way you're doing is not necessarily right or the only way. Yeah, I would agree. And that's why, that's why I like to, I, I try, at least I try to be very cautious about the way I say things. And I, and I like to, when somebody asks me for advice or an example of something, I really try to go out of my way to say, this is a way to do it. It is not the way to do it. You can do this a thousand different ways. This is a way that I have found to be effective in this scenario. But if you find something better, do that and I'm going to steal it, you know? So we've each rattled, rattled off at least one coaching mistake, at least one ownership mistake. How about from an athlete perspective? Do you have anything that you feel like if you can go back 10 years, you would have done differently? I, I understand, Fern, you're a regional athlete. You competed at the big stage multiple times. So, you know, you were, you did hit that peak. You were so good. Uh, for, the record, for the record, I was not that good. But... <laughs> Uh, the, so yes. And I think, and again, ignorance is bliss. So you have to have the good fortune of hindsight at this point, but I think this is incredibly relevant because I can't think of any CrossFit athlete that probably hasn't done this, which is I'm going to, I see somebody else who's doing something. And my assumption that that is going to be just as effective as for them, for me, as it is for them instead of really trying to evaluate my own fitness and, and intelligently design a program that is for me based on my goals to compete, right? So this is different from GPP in the classes. This is me wanting to compete at, at a competitive level within the CrossFit world. I, would, I, was doing, I was doing everything. I mean, name a program, I was like trying to do it. And, uh, and, not shockingly, I got very little results out of that. I would tell you, yes. I, I think we all went over that obstacle of doing too much volume, guilty. But I'd say one thing that I've actually really tried to dive into recently is that idea that you don't always have to go RX. And in addition to that, it's okay to go in and purposely go easier on some days, but, but do the workout. So... Yeah. You know, as of late, I wouldn't say I scale regularly, but there have definitely been workouts that I've scaled knowing I can either do the volume and or the load, but that I wouldn't get as much out of it if I went a little. So for example, um, you know, at, at, earlier this week, we did a workout that was knee mom for 12 minutes where you had to do max effort, uh, power snatches for 45 seconds on one minute and then assault bike for the other 45 in the following minute. And it was RX at 95. And it was a very busy class. So I didn't mind partnering. I partnered with one of the coaches there. Her name's Mags. And it was 95-65. And she went to 75, and I, you know, which is RX plus for her. And I scaled down. 
but man, I destroyed myself. I destroyed myself at 75, where had I gone 95, it would have hurt, but not the same as being able to basically go unbroken for 45 seconds, six times. Oh, got it. Okay. You know, and then when you, you know, sit there and you do the math, force times distance over time, it was also more intensity at the end. You know, I'm moving 20 pounds less, but if I'm getting 10 more reps per round, that's a ton more weight. So just that idea, and I was telling a class recently, I think it was actually Donnie, who, you know, we had on the show, the Q&A that everybody loved Donnie. He used to have this competition at his box, and he would tell you, if you come in, and you do Jackie. So Jackie was the regional workout like, yep. just like seven years ago. And, and the games level or the regional athletes were doing it in like six minutes. He's like, if you can do Jackie with PVC and jumping pull-ups, I'll give you a free membership. How fast? You, you had to be faster than any regional athlete. Oh, which is going to be a 518 something in that right. range. So that means you still have to do the 1K row. But you have to do 50 thrusters with PVC and 30 jumping pull-ups. And he never had anyone with the ability to do it faster than a regional level athlete. Well, that doesn't shock me, but yeah, I mean. <clears throat> but it just shows like you would smash yourself trying because you're going to go a little harder on the road than you want. I mean, it's basically 50 air squats, you know, with PVC yeah. and then jumping pull-ups. But man, it'll smash you. So I, I'd encourage anyone listening to this. Here's a challenge. Let's throw out a little challenge to the listeners. Pick one workout in the next week, scale it, and see how much it destroys you. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's just, that just goes back to understanding intensity, which was actually one of my mistakes on here, which is one of the big mistakes I made from a coaching standpoint is like I failed to understand intensity in all of its forms. You know, so we just think intensity is just like, go, just, you know, just literally lay the hammer down. And so for a, a very practical example, I was talking to one of my coaches the other day uh, and we were discussing an athlete and he was, uh, he was trying to get the athlete to move faster. So I think, I don't remember what it was, but it was, I think it was interval based and the row, the rows were short and they were hard, you know, and this athlete wasn't feeling it. Like, and doesn't matter why, who cares? And he, he made the classic mistake of like trying to force the issue. And afterwards, he was kind of telling me about the scenario. And I just looked at him, I said, why? Like, what does it matter if she goes hard or not? Like, she clearly doesn't want to. So just let her do her thing. Like, she, like she's having a day. So let her have her day, right? And again, going back to having the best hour of their day, that that's a that's a skill that you have to develop which is like reading social cues and understanding where and when you can push different athletes and where you just need to leave them alone and on that day because we know that it is you know the relative to fit their psychological and physical tolerances like if they're not psychologically there today then we don't need to go there today and, and that gets lost Right, you know, you take your level one, you're gonna hear us say that intensity is relative to physical and psychological tolerances, like Fern just said, but so many people forget that psychological tolerance is very day to day. You yeah. Know, and that goes back to the energy that we spoke about at the beginning. You know, you have to remember there are days you don't have it, and there are plenty of days your members don't have it. And, I, and, and what I've really tried to, to, to hone in over, it, over the years is like, 
is letting my athletes know that that's okay. You know, I, one of the things that we'll use, and we stole this from one of our guys, he's a, he's a team guy, he's a super good dude, he's super funny, but he has this little joke and he'll, like the workouts that don't have, you know, they're not super complex. It's usually like, you know, farmers carry and like running or something like that. And he jokes around, he's like, it's a moving day. It's going to be moving, just good old fashioned work, you know. Um, but I'll use it that way, but I'll also use it another way, which is if I know the previous three to four days of programming has been pretty aggressive, I'll tell people, listen, here's the workout, guys. If you just want to use this as a moving day and lighten the load and chop some reps off and maybe do this version of it right there, by all means, go ahead and do that. Like, I don't care. Use it as a moving day and let's ditch a little bit of the intensity and just treat yourself right for today. Treat yourself right. I love it. We've talked about a lot of mistakes. One thing that is definitely not a mistake is if you're still listening to this podcast right now, <laughs> you've learned a little bit from Fern and myself. This is best hour of their day. And hopefully, what did we drop? Some, some mistakes that we made, again, as a box owner, as a coach, yep. as an athlete. And those don't think that we've exhausted our list of mistakes. We can do this podcast for hours and hours, but I think that's enough to get started. If you're making one of those mistakes, hopefully we've opened your eyes to the fact that, you know, you're not the only one and you can rectify it and, and there are solutions to it. And always, if you have questions, reach out to us. That's what we're here for. If you, if you want to learn from us, we've got our mentor group. We've got some other things coming, but anything else we're going to add today, Fern? No, sir. All right. Well, you have to head out. We're recording this on a Friday, which is highly yeah. unusual for us. Fern's heading out to a level one in Richmond. I have off for the weekend, so I will be laying on my back, crushing some Oreos while watching The Office all weekend long. But I hope you enjoy your level one. Yeah, what, what do you have on the agenda? What's on your schedule this weekend? Uh, I have a light weekend, actually, compared to last weekend. Uh, I have I open and close. I have what is CrossFit and programming. Yeah, I think let's pull back the curtain a little bit. A lot of people are like, Hey, do you pick what lectures you give or, you know, do you do the same ones every weekend? We find out about 10 days out and that's enough time to make sure we study, we review as many, you know, we've given some of these lectures hundreds of times, but we still go through, they change, you know, we learn from the participants. Like we say at the end of every weekend, give us feedback because that's how this seminar improves. So, so we learn and we're constantly reviewing i'm sure fern's gonna break out his manual and look over the what is crossfit lecture tonight and uh yep. no different than your coaching we're in a constant state of seeking to be better silence fern silence from you i like it i i'm gonna i didn't want to ruin it i well fern have a great weekend for those <laughs> of you that have just listened hopefully that helped tune in actually this will be out on wednesday and on friday it's our 50th episode already yeah that i am excited about i, I don't do we, wanna, I, do we want to tell the listeners who's coming or is it a surprise no we can tell them yeah i think I, yeah yeah drop i think it, it should be a surprise okay then don't tell them well what do you think more people will tune in if it's a surprise or if we tell them now i have to tell them because i'm the asshole yep. you, yeah if we don't you tell them you, you did the interview it's your interview who is it uh, we are going to, and I, Rory McKernan, and it was, it was a fantastic interview. So it was, uh, everybody will enjoy it. Yeah. You kick off the interview by telling him that you fired me. So that's always a fun. 
Well, he asked. I mean, he asked. So I told him. I said, "It's now. It's not the Jay and Fern show. It's now the Rory and Fern show." I like it. I like it. He probably is a little. I mean, listen. He is significantly better looking than you are. Hey, not gonna argue that. I'm not gonna argue. He's better looking, but hopefully the listeners will tune in nonetheless. And Rory McKernan's our 50th episode. Pretty crazy that we're on episode 50, but it's all thanks to the listeners. Thanks for all you're doing. Like, share, subscribe. We're out of here. See ya. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. Take a moment, head over to the Apple Podcast app or Spotify or Google or whatever you use and leave us a review. It really means a lot to us and it's what allows us to spread the word. Also, share this with your friends, your family, your coworkers. Tell everybody at the box to listen to Best Hour of Their Day and let us know what we can do to provide you a better experience? Do you have topics you want us to talk about? People you want us to interview? We are here for you, the community. We're here to give back and we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Best Hour of Their Day.